We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Whining Whining with with Nurses. Nurses. I'm Kat. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Lindsay. I'm going to be whining today about insurance. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Thanks for coming, Lindsay. Of course. Lindsay's our guest. She's not a nurse, but yeah, she does have some stuff, a lot of stuff to say about insurance, actually. Not that she's an insurance expert, but I don't know, you might be at this point after having to navigate through your (laughs) own insurance plan for so long. I am definitely not an expert because I still don't necessarily understand what a medical network is because I thought my insurance was one company and then denied services that doctors recommended for me from a medical network. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, been my experience in the past couple months. Before we get into all that, let's open some wine. Yeah. But so we have not wine today. We have what? We have champagne because we're celebrating. Carter and I got engaged last Thursday, a week exactly. Yay! Yay. Congratulations! Thank you. It's very exciting. There's so many. Like I feel like we always have a, like a big announcement. Like every time, yeah. Jen's pregnant. Jen Jen's had a baby. a baby. I got engaged, and then I got married, yeah. and now you're engaged. Yeah. Wow. Now you just have to get married, have a baby. I will. That's what we're going to do. Except it, ma- it was my birthday on Tuesday. Oh, oh right. So it's like a big Wait, week for like everyone. two days ago Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, so, I mean. Thanks I, for coming on here so we can celebrate you. Let's open this bottle of yeah. sparkling. Okay. Let me hold this microphone. Um, so why have you had a recent, like, <laughs> woo! That was a nice solid pop. That, that was pretty good. Uh so she said you recently have to na- navigate your insurance plan and stuff. Like what, did something big medically happen to you? Uh, it wasn't something big medically. It's something that's been persistent for a really long time and I was never diagnosed with it because there isn't different avenues of medical treatment. It's uh-huh. basically, you have a tonsillectomy. I have um, issues with my tonsils and uh-huh. I get tonsil stones and there's no right. way to work with that other than just removing your tonsils. Right. And a doctor never recommended that I go to an ENT or ear, nose, and throat doctor. Really? Yeah, and that didn't happen until December of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally got a recommendation from a doctor after I had lost my voice for a week, and this at this point had been happening several times a year where my voice would be gone for a week at a time. Mm-hmm. So kind of impacting work and life. Mm-hmm. Took a month to get in with an ENT specialist, which my medical network had to approve, even though my doctor right. said I needed to go and see that, which I didn't know I had to have approval by a medical network because I was like, And what I, even I, is I a medical insurance. network? Yeah, Do you know I, what that I, is? I just learned that that was a thing because our job switched insurances and I have... Blue Cross Blue Shield, but the medical network is Meritage, which I've had before and I hate. Oh. But before, I've just had Meritage, so and there I was no medical network. I didn't know if we were using names of different things, so I will abstain from using my doctor's names. Right, right, right. But I have Western Health Advantage, and oh, I chose them. them. Oh, oh no. see, I really like them. Oh, I had them. I hated them. Sorry. Oh, see, my doctor was in that. Mm-hmm. I guess network. Yeah, but, in network. Yeah, so. I chose them because it wasn't Kaiser and I live out in the country and I didn't want to have to drive to town to get anything done. My right. doctor was five minutes from my house, which was great. Right. Yeah. Um, Super convenient. Yeah. yeah. And I figure I pay. I can't even believe you have a doctor out there. <laughs> I know. So boonies. <laughs> She's really out um, there. But I love my doctor. She's amazing. Mm. Um. And so I got a recommendation for an ENT and I got a letter in the mail saying that Meritage had approved that request. And I was like, who is Meritage? I've never heard of you. Why are you now saying I can go and see the specialist? You're not the boss of me, Meritage. (laughs) But apparently you are. Exactly. So then I went to an ENT. I told them my experience. It was a surgical consult, which I did not know that had been requested. Right. 
after talking to me five minutes, she's like, you are an eligible candidate for a tonsillectomy and I recommend you get it because there's no other way to fix what right. you have going on. So how many years did it take your whole life until now to, to get that referral? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. No one ever said that I needed it. And I mean, I've had tonsil stones for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe no doctor has thought of that before. That's crazy. It seems like people do tonsillectomies left and right. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, it seemed like that was a really common thing. So that's, yeah, that's really crazy to me. Well, my doctor wouldn't even talk to me about it because I had never been diagnosed with strep, which apparently... It's like you have to have... It's you, you have, have tonsil to have, stones that you have to have had strep before. Is it the bacteria creating the stones because it's trapped or something? Or yeah, so I get like because I have deep pockets in my tonsils, uh-huh. mm-hmm. like deeper than the average person. Mm-hmm. So I get tonsil stones, which are super gross. Yeah, um, you're super gross. <laughs> oh, I am super gross. <laughs> um, so I have a friend who get, gets tonsil stones, and she didn't know what they were, and she would just dig them out and like yeah. all the time. And she still does. I I'm think just going to perform minor surgery on my. Throat. Well, she like, right uh, now. I, it makes oh. me like, bleh. oh, it's, so it's I can't do that though because they're oh. so far back in my throat uh. and like I can't use a water pick or oh, any yeah. of those things. So she uses like her nail, like she has a really big mouth though, oh, so she can God. like reach it. Yeah, it's, she, yeah, it's gross. scrapey, scrapey. Yeah. But <laughs> I never thought I should be like, you should get a tonsillectomy. Did you get a tonsillectomy yet? Yeah, have you gotten it yet? No, this has been a month since you first brought this up to me and I. Since I saw yeah, you. I was supposed to have surgery two or three different times by now. I was scheduled for surgery several different times and canceled morning of. Because of your insurance? Yes. Dude, that sucks. So oh, man, what happened? So I, I went and I had my first surgical consult and she's like, okay, I'm ready to put you on the books right now. Open the claim. Mm-hmm. I was in the process of maybe changing insurance. So I put it off one day. Called her the next day, said start the claim. She opened the claim, filed it with insurance. And then I, you know, her schedule didn't quite work with my schedule. And a friend of mine who is a nurse recommended another surgeon that's schedule was a little more open. So two days later, I met with this surgeon. She's like, okay, we'll have surgery Monday. This is what you're looking at. And I didn't think for one minute that I would be denied this surgery Mm -hmm. because I've now had two surgeons say, you need okay. It. Yeah. yeah, and it's going under general anesthesia. It's a like a rough recovery. It's a week to two weeks of taking time off work, mm-hmm. which is a long, pretty long recovery. Mm-hmm. For yeah, which seems like I always thought a tonsillectomy was kind of a minor surgery, but that's a pretty long recovery. So it must not be that minor. Well, the surgery itself seems pretty minor. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, under under general for less than an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's like putting you down and bringing you back up. So mm-hmm. it's pretty fast. But they said like there's big risks of bleeding and you're just in a lot of pain because it's your throat and you still have to eat and drink and talk and, you know, mm-hmm. drink mm-hmm. wine. Yeah, but it's you have to be important. on a clear liquid right. diet for a while. All the good stuff. Everything in puree. <laughs> yeah, but they, don't they have a lot of b- bleeding problems too? Then people have complications like bleeding, and um, they didn't say so much about. They said watch out for bleeding, mm-hmm. and if you bleed, I think it was more than a tablespoon. Uh-huh. Like go to the doctor. Go ahead okay. and measure that blood coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Just capture it um, in something, and then put it into a tablespoon and see if it. I was so funny. Go ahead and do that. Do you do you not tablespoon. measure the blood that comes out of your mouth? <laughs> Wait, oh. is that? <laughs> Oh my gosh, can I side, sidebar for one second? We have more than a second. Okay. Ew. So, like two days ago at our office, I guess someone was scheduling, and like, I don't know if she just started their period or what. The scheduler said, like, the person seemed like in a hurry. And uh, look over to where she was standing on the carpet. I never saw her at all. There's just like five spots of blood, but like, not oh. small spots. This is like, three inch wide spots and then smaller and smaller but like oh man I I don't know when anyone realized but they told us about it and I looked over at the carpet and I was like oh dear can you imagine how embarrassing what if was it on the chair no one said anything so it must not have been that sounds so horrible that's like every girl's nightmare yeah right there yeah you just start it's all over the carpet everyone knows Oh, that's the worst. Of course, when Zion and I like go to leave the office, she's all sniffing it or nosing it. I'm like, oh my God, get out of there. Oh, <laughs> man. Something about like blood that came out of your vagina. Like, not that that's 
dirty. She's but like, like, ooh, that's a special type of that blood. That smells like that's so menses. good. <laughs> that is such a horrible word. I know menses. Menses. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. It's I, like am I? I'm in medieval England, and now we're talking about menses. Have you uh, menced yet? <laughs> Uh, have you commenced? Wait, have you commenced or menced? Have you commenced mensing? Did you mens yet today? I'm currently mensing, but I have a pad on and didn't leak all over the place. Yes, Thank I you still for sharing. Pads. You're welcome. Have you guys ever talked about like the diva cups and those oh, yeah. things? Oh, I, I just Did haven't. we talk about Oh, it? no, not on the podcast. Sorry. I just spent life. <laughs> In oh. the podcast, no, we never talked about guys, periods. That could be interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I've I've never used one. But I have a friend who uses one. Let's talk about that. I Maybe we can talk about one. that after insurance, just because. Oh, I think yeah. it's great. I could talk about periods all day. Let's do it. Okay, but in the insurance, okay. we just love so our JJs. Get yes. scheduled, and hadn't heard yay or nay from the insurance company. So assuming everything is good, finally hear something back on Thursday. Supposed to have surgery on Monday. They're saying that, hey, there's no medical necessity for performing this surgery. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why the hell would I want to be out of work for a week to two weeks in immense pain, not being able to do anything I love doing, like no activities. Not immense right. pain. <laughs> immense pain. <laughs> I can't eat pizza for two weeks, man. That's no. like a huge crimp. No. In, yeah. Who in their right mind would do that on purpose? Right. But it's not about you proving like that you want the surgery. It's about them getting the right billing codes for the proper diagnosis. I mean, it's like it gets really complicated and convoluted. And it's dumb because people need things and get denied it because it wasn't documented exactly what they need. Like we have a lot of patients who need oxygen. Unless you exactly document in the first note, it cannot be an edit to the doctor's note, he would have to write an entire another note. Has to be a face to face visit. Like it's all this stuff that is well, just. Uh. I don't feel like that was even part of the issue because they told me from the beginning, like, hey, if you want to get an idea of what the costs are for mm, this, mm-hmm. like this is the code for this procedure. So mm, I was given mm-hmm. what does that code call it? A ICD ten. And yeah, I was That's given the diagnosis code. Maybe oh, you were giving oh, a procedure code. code, which I was is given a CPT or right? CPT. Uh, oh. is CPT the procedure code? I don't know. It's I was stupid given, that there even are these things. Why well, do we even you should know just be this able to say the name up. of the surgery and yeah. then people know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's more clear to me. Anyway. Well, so I had to call the anesthesiologist and tell them where it was happening and how how much. And at this point, I'm still sick. I haven't, because I kind of relapsed and did my whole not talking for a week. So right before, less than a week before I was supposed to get surgery, I was back home not being able to speak. So then I'm trying to make medical phone calls mm. sounding like a gremlin. <laughs> it kind of sounded like this. Um, trying to be all intimidating. You're like, I Really, really need the surgery. Oh yeah, help and it, me! It went from that to like, hey, my name is Lindsay. It's like the the range was yeah. quite impressive. impressive. <laughs> yeah, I went from gremlin that lived under a bed to like Minnie Mouse. Mm-hmm. You're a voiceover so, actor for that week. Yeah, um, not predictable though. So I was calling. I called the anesthesiologist, got their rate. I had to call the surgeon, get their rate, and then I had to call the facility and get their rate. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what I was looking at, you know, as far as costs out of pocket because I've never had any kind of procedure before. I've been very lucky. So finally tally all that up and if I were to pay out of pocket, it probably would have been about 5 grand, which Ugh. like who has just $5,000 just yeah. you know to throw at something that's not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mhm. Um, five grand, and you have to use it on a trip to Paris. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> twist my arm. <laughs> so get all that information, and I've been talking to Western Health, and they're like, "You're you're only going to have to pay twenty percent out of pocket. Like that's what you'll have to pay because we'll cover the rest." Mm-hmm. So that's ten percent would be a hundred. So that's two hundred dollars, right? Twenty percent of five thousand. That math is really wrong. To $1,000. Just kidding. $200. You're like, that's not bad. Oh my God. $200. I'm actually really good at math. That was terrible just now. Yes, 10% would be $500. I and didn't double even that is 1000 
Yeah. Well, these two over here were like, I was no, like, dumb, I was like, oh, dumb. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been looking at a computer screen, like just dealing with numbers all day. And I was like, it took me a minute. I'm like, wait, like, what are we? Nah. <laughs> so that's terrible. I do all that math. And then I, my um, surgeon's medical assistant calls me and saying, you've been denied. We're trying to do a peer-to-peer to appeal it. And she had scheduled a peer-to-peer with the uh, medical network's doctor. Right. Yeah. So basically a, a doctor from kind of your insurance company, not exactly the insurance company, but the network that is covered in your insurance? I think so. Okay. That's part of the problem. Yeah, we is. All of the people that I talked to on the phone kept sending me, okay, you need to call Western Health Advantage. No, you need to call Meritage because we can't do anything about this. If you want to file a grievance, like you Mm -hmm. can start that process. And I'm like, at this point, I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just confused. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no grief yet. (laughs) There becomes grief. Um, So it just, I keep getting passed back and forth between these two companies and each time I have to like confirm who I am and my address and Mm -hmm. 10 digit number, 11 digit number while I'm sick. It's like the last thing you need to be doing. Right. And at this point, my surgeon's still trying to do a peer to peer with the medical network. Finally. Which is also really frustrating to try and set up because mm. we've had to do that mm. a couple times in the office oh, man. and okay so you schedule a time so you have to find a time for if you're working in an office that the doctor is actually able to break away from patients and take a phone call and it's usually on their lunch break or some other mm-hmm. time that impinges if on their they time. got their lunch break yeah. yeah so it's it's really difficult to set this up or they're gonna do it between you know in the car ride from the office to the hospital and then the insurance company doesn't call half the time when they're supposed to or the doctor has to call in and go through a series of punching this number and that and be put on hold. It's so ridiculous. They don't Mm -hmm. respect the doctor's time. So then it doesn't sometimes end up getting done and then you try to reschedule it and anyway. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, so the doctor that my surgeon was supposed to speak to never showed up or never called. That never happened. No. Exactly wow. that situation. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And Surprising. What a surprise. The surgeon's office called like It's like, like they don't want to pay for your surgery or something. Uh, almost like that. So, and, and they called and followed up to try and get this person on the phone so they could discuss it so that it wouldn't be denied. I then later find out um, Tuesday because Monday we were still waiting to hear back because we were supposed to hear back in three days because it was supposed to be expedited because I was scheduled for surgery already. But I don't meet the um, criteria to be an expedited patient, even though I have surgery on a calendar. Mm-hmm. And then I get a letter the day I'm supposed to have surgery saying that. No one calls me. So you just don't go because your letter says it's not approved or it wasn't approved? Uh, no, I just, because we then push the surgery to Wednesday because we hadn't heard back, Tuesday I start calling around saying, I'm supposed to have surgery tomorrow. We haven't oh, heard anything and I don't want to go into this and potentially have to pay like $5,000 because you're not going to retroactively pay for this for me. Mm-hmm. That would be pulling teeth out of like a shark. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It would never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point I find out that once Meritage has denied it, they remove themselves from the equation and I have to go back to Western Health Advantage and start an appeal process. No one from Meritage told the surgeon's office that or me that. That's, oh my God. I'm Sorry, so confused. I just wanted to How say, Meritage? oh my God. <laughs> I'm just so annoyed. <laughs> and now I'm really confused how, so Western Health Advantage is the medical network for Meritage? No, Meritage is the medical network for Western Health Advantage. Okay. So Meritage must be like a subsidiary or like a whatever they need to be to be the smaller network because it's been it's my medical network also. So Western Health and like Blue Cross, those sounds like the really big overhead, right? And then there's the 
little people underneath. There's probably insurance. I don't know who's going to listen to this because it's an insurance person. <laughs> but like, because it's both yeah, of prove our us wrong. Little prove person. cat wrong. Call yeah. and tell us. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> no, keep going. So what? What do you but, think it is? So, so there's the big networks, right? And uh-huh. then you have a medical group. But so far, like both of us have our medical groups are both Meritage. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like Meritage has a different medical. Like they wouldn't have their own medical group. They are the little companies that are. The medical groups. So they're a sub-insurance or something. Right. Like Western Health Advantage or Blue Cross, they're massive. Right. They can't handle all the work of all the people in California that they're covering. So they maybe contract out smaller groups that are local or something mm-hmm. to kind of consider and make the decisions about, is this covered or is it, shouldn't right. it be covered? That's what it sounds like. I see. I have a little bit of a problem with that considering I write Western Health Advantage a check every month Uh, like the fact that I'm I think I spend maybe about $200 a month for insurance Mm -hmm. and this has been the only time I've needed to use them Mm -hmm. and I had to go through all of these hoops Um, so I started this I was supposed to have surgery on the I think last week in January it's now February 28th Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for an appeal Oh my gosh, yeah, that's terrible. Um, so based, my my appeal has now been denied. My surgeon is now doing an appeal with a peer-to-peer. And I just feel like I keep getting like pushed backwards mm-hmm. in, in this whole process. Dude, this is so stupid. It just annoys me because why should it be up to a doctor or some health you know medical person at an insurance company who's never seen you mm-hmm. hasn't examined you to make the decision about what you should or shouldn't get what should or shouldn't be covered i mean i get that there should be a third party to kind of mediate people having unnecessary procedures you know to kind of put right. a stop to things when it's not necessary but your doctor i don't know like you said two yeah. surgeons said that you should have it it's not a. It's not an. You know, like a cosmetic surgery or something that anybody would get just for fun. It. They were considering it a cosmetic surgery. What? Yeah. You know, it was you an elective. Could surgery. use a little work on your tonsils. I mean, they're in five right now. They could be an eight. <laughs> Man, well, I, I think we could even push them to a ten. They might be. Yeah. If you, you know, I like the confidence. If you really work your vocal cords, it can look really amazing back there. Get that range. Yeah. <laughs> Um, probably actually change your range, right? If once they're out. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that until after. But my biggest hang up on this thing was, okay, you have two surgeons, like very well-regarded surgeons. Like people come to them, they're, they're well-regarded in the community and in mm-hmm. the, I guess, industry. Is that the correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both willing to perform surgery on me. That Make that that's their license on the line. Why would they jeopardize that by giving surgery to someone they didn't think? Right. Yeah, it. it's not like, okay, sometimes you'll go see um, someone who just will do surgery on anyone because they just want to make money. And then you go get a second opinion from another doctor and they're like, no, you totally don't need this, you know, because they are ethical. Um, <laughs> it's not like that. It, it, one, this probably isn't a huge money-making surgery for them. I don't know. I don't know. I just imagine that. But two, it's two independent surgeons who both said you need it. And it's not like, um, yeah, I I wouldn't see it as something that would make or break them. Right. If you get it or not. You know what I mean? So... Right, it's the the surgeon's cost is I think it was six hundred dollars for their time. The anesthesiologist I think was closer to two thousand. The facility was a couple thousand. No one's making tons of money. Why are they bothering to fight it so hard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all about numbers. They don't care what's actually happening. They don't care if the person's sick or what the surgery is. They're like, it's this code. This is what they want to do. This is the other code. And uh, are we going to prove it or not? It's like, they don't care about people or, you know, and it's the it's the business, right? We're in the, we work in the business where people, yeah, it's just that. So we keep people sick so that they keep having to get care and keep going to the doctor and keep, mm, and that's our that's whole a good point. system. And if, what's, and if we take out your tonsils, you're fine. You don't need to come back. Well, right? no, but it's also not, 
something I really go to the doctor for. And if I had gone to the doctor mm. for more when I was having issues, maybe it would be in my history mm-hmm. and then it wouldn't be an issue now. Yeah. But I didn't go to the doctor because there's nothing the doctor can actually do about it. Right. See, yeah. that's so, it, it's just, messed up because you should, you know, you haven't used your health insurance very much and now you're being punished for using it when you actually need it, you know? And, uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm getting fired up about it. So like you're saying, if you had gone to the doctor more and it had been documented over and over again that this is your complaint and maybe if you'd seen an ENT in the past, you know, then maybe they would approve it. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you actually need this now just because you haven't had someone say it before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. what irritates me. And and no doctor actually ever diagnosed me with tonsil stones. That was something I found out myself because mm-hmm. I like looked up like I'm coughing up these white chunks. Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I've done it since I was about five. Like, it's not a new thing in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 29. This is history now at this point. My mom's told doctors for years, but no one has ever written it in my medical file that mm. they're tonsil stones. And I looked it up because I was like, well, what are these things? And then I did digging and I was like, oh, well, that's everything that this is. And So did you bring it up to your doctor eventually and they said, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's what your diagnosis is. Yes, I talked to her like in passing, but I've... I've never had to go, like they've never been, I've never gone to the doctor and been able to cough up a tonsil stone. So I like don't have hmm. evidence. Right. <laughs> so it's. But like you'd think they would be like, oh, that's weird. Well, I can't quite see it, but let me refer you to a specialist who would actually be able to, you know, doesn't need to only see when you're coughing up a tonsil stone. Mm-hmm. They'll listen to your history and look at them and see what's, you know, and, you know, tell you the next step. Like, that's what a specialist does. So it's just weird that like no doctor ever referred to you. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. And I've I had asked my doctor several times about, you know, what is needed to have my tonsils removed because, you know, I had tonsil stones. And she said that no one really does them unless you have a history of strep. And I've never had strep, so I kind of just let mm, it go. Mm. Also, how have you never had strep? I feel like everyone got it in yeah. grade school. Have you had it? Yeah, I've yeah. had it several times. Yeah, yeah, I had it a couple of times. I'm a magical beast. Did you, you thought maybe you maybe <laughs> you had just thought you had a bad sore throat and it was strep? No, because when I've gone, because that's what bad tonsil stones when they're inflamed feels like. It's mm. extremely painful. It hurts to mm-hmm. talk. Um, so I've gone to the doctor when I have those symptoms, and they've done swabs. Mm-hmm. Like this has happened probably 10 times where I'm in pain enough where I actually go to the doctor. I rarely go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. It's like I go and get, you know, STI tests and that's about it. Right, right. Um, So when I go, it's like I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. They do a swab, always comes back negative. Last time Mm -hmm. I went, she asked if I wanted a swab and I'm like, no, because I know it's not strep. Strep? I just created a new (laughs) disease right there. Um, or infection. It's the super strep. strep. The one that's resistant strep. to antibiotics. It's, strep. It's 10 times worse. <laughs> worse. It's worse there. So <laughs> are there cases where you have tonsil stones without strep? I mean, there must be if you have that condition and you have not had strep. I've also been told that there's no correlation between strep and tonsil stones. Okay, so that was my question. That, uh, that's right. what I've heard. You just need to get rid of those tonsils so they quit collecting the stones and making your throat hurt. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, no, and it's horrible because it's not just my throat hurting. Like, I'm in pain, but I also have horrible breath, Mm -hmm. like when they're, you know, there. Mm -hmm. And I also, so it affects like my my work life, my personal life, and Mm -hmm. it makes me very self conscious because I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're gross. I've had like tiny ones like throughout my life, like really small. I think that's normal. I think if they're just really big, that's a problem. So like I don't know if you have you ever had I've gotten one or two. I thought they were does it look like popcorn maybe? It's like a little tiny kind white. Because I thought I had popcorn stuck in the back of my throat before, and then I stuck a Q-tip back there and swabbed it out. And it, it wasn't popcorn, but it kind of looked like, you know, one of the little puffed 
Yes, but like, like smaller. Yes, and smellier. And really mm-hmm. stinky and, ta- mm-hmm. and disgust. It is so gross. Yeah. It's just yeah. bacteria, ball of bacteria. Yeah. Yep. 100% me, disgusting. It just happens to not be strep. It's some other type of bacteria in your case. And mm-hmm. that doesn't come up positive on the strep test because they're looking specifically for that, especially right. the rapid strep. There must be some, they just look for a chemical reaction right. that, that bacteria in particular mm-hmm. will have. And so... Yeah. Oh man, I'm well, sorry. That's I hope you get crappy. it soon. They're gonna approve it. That's they, the stub. Just keep fighting for it. But like, what do I do stupid. if they deny my appeal and the surgeon's appeal? Like what? They won't. What do I do? They're not gonna deny the surgeon's appeal because the surgeon wants to do it, and if you think it's necessary, he's gonna come in. I mean, I haven't seen at least any in my experience when we have ever had that peer to peer review. So that's the top. That's where it goes. This is the top, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Is a peer to peer. So doctor to doctor. Once that happens, I haven't ever seen a denial that well, I'm it, aware of. But I mean, it depends maybe. if the medical network doctor actually shows up for the peer to peer, right? Yeah. But I mean, if they keep trying and you keep pushing. Yeah. In that case, you would have to file a grievance. I mean, that's actually right. probably illegal. If I they have just keep filed a grievance at this point. Good. Mm. Good. Um, yeah. It's funny because. Uh, before it would get to the peer-to-peer. So I used to work in the heart and lung transplant clinic and there were tons of denials for things in that clinic, which frustrated me because I was just always of the mindset, like if they don't get this, they will probably lose that organ and die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's heart and lung transplant. You know, they have to get it? this medication yeah. or they have to have right. this procedure. Um, so there were a couple tactics we used to use. Um, there was, you know, for example we would do biopsies and sometimes insurance wouldn't want to approve a biopsy Mm -hmm. and they would have some, you know, no reason for it. Basically it's not approved. And so we would have to give our argument for it. And there was this article of research that was, I don't know, 20 pages long that had been done recently. Mm -hmm. And one of the other nurses was like, just fax this to them. They'll never read it all. They'll just approve it. (laughs) We would do that all the time. Just fax the article. Here's the most recent research. This is why we should do it. Or sometimes um, doctors would have to get it, you know, during the peer to peer and they would say, okay, well, when this patient dies, that'll be on you. And Mm -hmm. I'm making note of this, our conversation right now. So, you know, when the patient dies and the family has a lawsuit, it's going to be well documented. Right. Right. Who made the decision not to do this? Yeah. So it has to get nasty sometimes. And I feel But if it's wor- if it's actually a valid thing that's needed, it's worth getting nasty and doctors mm-hmm. will do that for you. Mhm. My my surgeon has been absolutely amazing. Like she's very much been in my corner and and fighting for this and trying to do everything she can. But it has been so frustrating cuz it came to light that Meritage, once they deny it, they will not do a peer-to-peer and they will not do a denial. But when I talked to Meritage on the phone, they said, oh yeah, we're waiting for a peer-to-peer. Mm-hmm. And then I get someone else on the phone from Meritage who's like, oh no, we've already denied that. Even if you try and do a peer-to-peer, like we won't overturn that right, denial because right. as soon as we deny it, it goes back to Western Health Advantage. I was getting a different story from every single person I talked to on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other thing. People don't know even what, what the, the, the right are. answer. They don't know the rules yeah. in their own company. Yeah. I deal with this constantly with my diabetes. I'm always fighting for my shit. And it's just so annoying. I will spend hours and hours and hours. And so do all of our patients. Hours and hours and hours. And we spend like at our office hours and hours and hours. Like I fill out a lot of paperwork like I've talked about this before, but I work, oh my God, I have my foot's Charlie Horsing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think you, you need know. a banana. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't. I have diabetes. I, well, I choose not to. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you and I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> oh, so fine. you should talk to Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> well done on avoiding your banana. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, it's just no, it's incredibly it, frustrating. Because we don't we don't know the language. I mean, you guys are nurses, you're actively trying to better people's lives and give them information to make so that they can live better. You guys shouldn't have to also be professionals in medical coding. Know, coding yeah. or you know, why isn't this insurance company covering this? And, and we're not. We have we so don't know enough about insurance or maybe enough isn't the word, but we don't know how insurance works. And then so that creates other jobs for for other people in the office that their main job is to understand insurance, how it works, know about medical coding and billing. And so 
it's and also, that's just another place where money goes mm-hmm. that could be put towards patient care. Anyway, if it wasn't so convoluted, how insurance works is what I'm saying, then you know we wouldn't need to have these extra people just to figure out how the insurance works. Or right? the secondary companies that, oh, it's so complicated, now we need a secondary network. Right, right. I had no idea I even had a secondary network, or I think they may call it secondary insurance. And you're like, I didn't yeah. sign up for that. I thought I was with Western Health Advantage, and now I'm... I, yeah. I, is it secondary? Because some people have secondary insurance, but it's like two separate, like Medicare, and you can also have like a Blue Cross, a, triple something, a, yeah, or, something. So, but I think this is—I don't know if that's also is just all within itself, or if this is a secondary. I really or have, a medical. I think medical network is secondary. It must be separate, right? I uh, don't know. And you want to know the the really nice irony of all of this? I chose Western Health Advantage because my doctor is in that network. I just got a letter from Meritage with a new list of approved doctors. Mm. My doctor is not on it. And Occidental Area Health Center, which I've gone to my whole life, is not on it. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. So I'm fighting to get this from a company that I no longer want to be with. Right. But I think because of how my insurance works, I have to be with them for a year Damn. and change my doctor and all of this right. while trying to get a tonsillectomy trying to like get the right things done that you need yeah i'm sorry and you have and there's no there's no one to advocate for you you know there's not like you have to do it you have to make sure you're calling the company to follow up on the insurance because who's gonna do that for you who's gonna well i kind of i kind of stopped because i started my appeal Mm -hmm. and there's nothing I could do from that point. They were getting all my medical records. I called my primary care doctor because she wasn't even the one that recommended I go to the ENT because she was booked that day. So I just got in with a nurse practitioner to talk to someone because I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. And the nurse practitioner referred me to the ENT. So I called up my doctor and gave her the whole story on, you know, I've been denied because of this and... I don't understand these different companies, so someone may be calling you, someone may not. Right. Honestly, don't know. Well, mm. I believe it's going to happen for you. I am going to be confident because you need it. And Let's I check think, back you know. in in three years and see yeah. if you've gotten your tonsillectomy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a good time period, yeah. Yeah, that, no, that'll be good. Let's hope it's not. I appreciate your optimism, Kat. Like, yeah. that would be great. Do you appreciate my realism? Come on now. <laughs> I think you're being a little overly zealous with your um I just time appreciate you, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Your, your realism can have another glass of wine. Okay. Um please do. I'll go off to La La Land. How do you like oh, the wine? Speaking by the way? of which, I yeah, I love it. Can we talk about this a little bit? This is my favorite champagne uh champagnery. What do you call Sparkling it? Sparkling wine? Well, no, I mean, I mean, like, we I call think it's it like still a, called winery. a winery, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, duh. Or, it's grapes. I'm an idiot. Okay. Okay, but someone uh, is going to get on your ass about yeah. calling it champagne. I was thinking if about it's not that from too. France. Sparkling wine. Yeah. It's a beautiful sparkling wine. It has it's a, great. a it's, yeah. There's a lot and, of bubbles in it. So this is from, do you want Do you want to read it or do you want me to? No, go for it. It's from Gloria Ferrer, which is, is that the place that if you're going, um, it's kind of east of Petaluma and um, there, it's at an intersection and it's a big place up on a hill. Uh-huh, and you overlook like the whole, all the vineyards. Yes, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. a nice balcony. Oh, the okay. super Tuscan looking one? Yeah. That's yes. Off, is beautiful. that 12? No, it, no, no. Mm, I don't know. No, it's, but it might be one, you know, one seventeen or Lakeville Highway or something. Maybe one sixteen. Lakeville, maybe. N- maybe Old it's somewhere around that area because whenever I'm coming back from rafting, I end up passing it. Hmm. Um, it's my favorite. That's all I have to say winery. about the location. I know where it is in my mind. <laughs> it's um, Regina's a member here. Who? And Regina, she oh. and I went and tasted here on my birthday the, uh, mm. this past year. Um, and so this is the Gloria Ferrer Blanc de Noirs, and that's my favorite kind of sparkling is the Blanc, you know, because you can get the Blanc de Blancs mm-hmm. or the Brute. I or, almost got a Blanc de Blanc, but I was like, mm, that, that I like the description on it. It's something vanilla and dark cherry and something else. It was delicious. Well, yeah. I love that it's kind of peachy in color too. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. a really clear. Yeah, it's not quite blanc. like a rosé champagne or sparkling wine, but it's... Uh, 
I don't know. It's really good. Yeah. Have and you guys ever had a sparkling Pinot Noir or sparkling Zin? Well, that's what this. Oh, oh no, an no, actual... not a sparkling. Yeah. Wait, yeah, what yeah, did I you imagine. and I have, Sarah? We, maybe we went to that wine class and we had that one sparkling rosé, right? Or a sparkling, uh, not a rosé. Well, these ones are actual red wines. I've had a sparkling, sparkling Malbec and a sparkling Shiraz. Shiraz. They were. It's Australian winemakers. So they're so Shiraz. I, I like to say it like that. Shiraz. Well, there's a, the only wine club <laughs> I belong to is just sparkling wines uh-huh. and they do a Zin and a Pinot Noir and I will bring you guys a bottle so you can try it for a... Wait, what club is it? Uh, Rockwall. They're down in Alameda. Oh, okay. No, I haven't Rock heard Wall. of that one. Wall. We can also just go there for a tasting someday. Heck yeah, I would yes. love that. You can do really that fun. in the flea market. Oh yeah. Oh, let's do they it. They have a good flea market there. Alameda flea market I've never is been to Alameda. Like I don't think giant. I've been there. Huh, that sounds fun. But yeah, so the, the Blanc de Noir, just for people that don't know, that means it's a sparkling, or it. I guess all of the Blancs are sparkling. I don't know about that. Anyway, but it's made out of red grapes mm-hmm. rather than white grapes like most sparklings are, right? And then there's the Blanc de Blanc, which, which means it's made out of white grapes? I think so. Okay. Noir is the, so that means like black and French, right? And it's mm-hmm. like Pinot Noir, yeah, so it's from Noir those does types mean of black in French. Yes. <laughs> and I think this one is made of a Pinot. Yeah, hand-selected Pinot Noir uh, blended with a touch mm-hmm. of zesty Chardonnay. That's why I thought you'd like zesty it. Zesty Chardonnay. I, like, I wouldn't think of Chardonnay as zesty, but okay, I believe That's you. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe they didn't put it in oak. Zesty Maybe. Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. Does, Chardonnay's like more like buttery or like... Mm-hmm. Silky or something? I zesty think, doesn't sound. The, it's oh. like a Pinot Gris would be like zesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I it's lighter and fresh. Or an occasional yeah. Sauvignon Blanc, the lighter ones, mm. or the less full-bodied ones. I'll have maybe. more. <laughs> Thank you. No. Do you want to talk off. about periods now? I just yes. What should we talk about? Everything? I feel like um, there's so many methods of like- bur- of Catching co- your period blood? Yeah. <laughs> I've tried a lot. Of, thank you. That's good. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I said I'll only have one glass. I lied. It's because I was hungover from having one glass of wine at trivia last night. One. And then Damn. I felt, I mean, not hungover, but I had a terrible headache all day. That all sucks. day from one. But champagne, I'm fine. I'll be fine. I'll just deal with it. I'll take like 80 ibuprofen. So I won't. I'll kill myself. Drink a little pickle juice. Oh, I do have pickle juice. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do that. Thank you. Does that actually work? It replenishes your salt. I think that's a lot of why people feel so terrible when they're hungover is because you got super dehydrated. And so um, drinking pickle juice, this is in my mind, okay? This is not science fact. This is Sarah fact. Science myth. But Sarah's a nurse, so it's kind of (laughs) Sarah's science myth. And in my nurse mind, if I can imagine a way why it's true, then it's true. Um, Placebos are a real thing. They are. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the pickle juice, it replaces the salt, and then salt holds on to water, so then you wake up feeling more hydrated. And also, it might stimulate thirst in the middle of the night, and then you get up and chug more water, which is good. Because if you drink water before you go to bed, you're probably just going to get up and pee in the middle of the night, and you'll still be dehydrated because you still have that... Um, you know, hormone, uh, the diuretic. The diuretic. No, yeah, but the alcohol blocks a certain hormone. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, in your body that, you know, makes you want to pee. There's the anti diuretic hormone, ADH, yes. Okay. Anti diuretic hormone. I was thinking that, but I was like, but then then that's anti diuretic. So that's, so it's blocking it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, anyway. so there. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why pickle juice. <laughs> also, it's delicious. But also, like salty things make you okay. Anyway, period. So I'm gonna drink pickle juice. <laughs> Actually, maybe if you just had your last night or drink of the night be like a dirty martini, you get your pickle juice there. Mm. Okay, I like where you're going with this. You know what else would be Aren't a good the, one? The olives though is some. Um, yeah, it's yeah, a little briny and salty. Okay, sorry. I, you said pickles, and I was thinking olives for no reason at all. <laughs> I was like, never heard of a pickle I was martini. going with it, though. I, I thought you were just imagining brined things in your yeah, drinks. I and was. Salty. 100%. So I was I've never like, even had juice. a martini, so it doesn't particularly... What? what? I don't like... I don't... I'm not... That's not... Mm-mm. Okay. She likes her sparkles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like... Yeah. Anyway. 
Tell us about your period blood, please. How do you catch yours? And oh, what do you okay. do with it when you catch it? So I've caught it with a lot of different things, like bed sheets and underwear by accident. <laughs> and on purpose, I wear pads a lot. Like I used to like never wear pads because they're like a diaper, right? They're uncomfortable. But then I started getting, I was like super, thought tampons were just super uncomfortable and the string is annoying. And then like if it goes down a little too much and it's like, Uncomfortable because it's like at the opening sort of. If the tampon kind of shifts down in your vaginal canal and then it's sitting right there at the opening where you have all the nerves. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. It's like you got a poo and your poo's just sitting right there. You know, it's like that. That's what I imagine. It's a tampon turtle head. I'm trying to like so men can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a tampon turtle head. So that was uncomfortable. So then I tried the diva cup, but. And I got a small size and it was like Oh, explain what the Diva Cup is in case anybody hasn't heard of it. So Diva Cup's like a, I don't know if it's silicone, plastic, silicone, something. Do you know what it is? It's a silicone. Silicone. Okay. I've never used one. Yeah. It's like a cup and you pinch it and you kind of. It kind of looks like a miniature funnel, but without yeah, the opening at exactly. the bottom. Or a tulip. Oh. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. It's like a long It's tulip. a delicate flower that goes into your delicate flower. <laughs> no, it's not a delicate flower. It's thick and rubbery or silicone-y and a kind of firm rubber. That's what I imagine, like plastic. And it has this little thing at the end so you can pull it out, um, this little thing that sticks off the end. But you bend it and then you shove it all up there and then it like opens up and so it catches all the blood and then you can pull it out and drain it. It's a great idea. But I like tried it, and even though it was a small size, it was just kind of not comfortable. Like taking it out, you have to like stick your finger and then break the seal so it doesn't like, so it, you can pull it out. So you don't suck your uterus out. <laughs> I guess. And Maybe it just, so it doesn't look like you killed someone I, in the bathroom, so it doesn't just like pop out. Well, just yeah, do it with a yeah, little finesse. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, that's true. You'd have to pull really hard, you know. Anyway, <laughs> it's Pop. like opening our wine bottles. Woohoo! Yeah. You remove your diva cup. No, and then you smell no, your blood because it's pop. all at once and it's not the greatest, depending. I don't know. That's what I've so much iron I've heard. And then um, you break the seal, but then like taking it out, the rim is like this, like it's just a big rim and it hurts. It's like just a really uncomfortable. It didn't. It bothered me. It didn't. I have friends that you've used it plenty of times, and they don't. It's a rim job you don't want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Listen, I'm 12 right now. Okay. So then I went back to like boy. tampons and pads, but tampons are really not good for you because you know it's shit ton of chemicals and bleach and stuff. You're just shoving up there, which is all absorbed by very sensitive things. And if you want to have kids at one point, either way, it's just not good for you. Have you tried some of the like? More organic? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Oh. So I've tried all organic. the organic, and I don't use the plastic inserters, even though they're so wonderfully convenient. Because it's They're more, so much more convenient. It's more plastic waste, and it's plastic, which is leaching into your body. And, you know, I'm all about that stuff, so I care. But anyway, and I, the environment. So you're throwing away tampons. How terrifying are the scented tampons? Oh, yeah. I don't go near scented shit because mm. scent is bad. It's well, like no, toxic. But I can't believe that that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, well, it's up in there. You're not smelling. I mean, like. Um, but if someone uses scented tampons, you can smell it. At least back in the day. I had a friend mm. whose mom used them when we were growing up. And you could smell when she had her period because she had this weird chemically flower smell. Ugh. It was her chemically flower tampons. I know when I go into the bathroom, like or like a, a public bathroom, mm-hmm. you can smell it if someone has used one. It I've is, never smelled that before, ever. It's such. I don't think I don't as many think people use them anymore, mm. um, and especially since I moved to California, because you grew up here, right? But yes, I did grow up here. Moving from Virginia to California, there are a lot of different things. Yeah. Anyway, that's one of them. Yeah, we're less, very less like, smells of perfumes in general. And, yeah. Well, also so, like perfume toilet paper. I feel like that was a thing, but I briefly. never like yeah. I heard about it, but I never <laughs> had it in my household growing up, like my parents never purchased. How dare you uh, presume to know what I want my vagina to smell like? (laughs) Or your butthole. Yeah. That's like Everyone farts. Everyone poops. Yeah. All women or most women menstruate. So people get over it. I don't. Mm -mm -mm. I don't don't either. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So it's an option now. (laughs) How how do you avoid menstruation? Wait, I'm not done. I'm sorry. I had had one more thing. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, 
know, but my main point was where I am now. So where I've gotten to- I just to, let it drip out on the floor I just of the office and blame it on patients. I go sit in my tent outside <laughs> for those seven days. <laughs> and then we put a sign up that says unclean so no one can go in and touch you. Right. Well, yeah, we don't want to have to do like a, a blessing on the house like every time she leaves. Or bathing three times just because we touched her. Only have red skirts. That's after she like turns around seven times before exiting the house. Yeah, exactly. All those things. So that's what I Church. do now. Okay, Sarah? No. Um, so <laughs> I actually use um, sponges now and pads. Ooh, um, how do you like the sponges? I love, I, I think I discovered it, started using it like a year or two ago. Love, love, I cannot... I tell everyone about it, but most people are not very comfortable with shoving their fingers up their vaginas and talking about it or like dealing with the slight inconvenience, which is perfectly fine. It's not of for having everyone. to wash your hands. That is, or just like take the sponge out and then like make sure it doesn't drip to the sink. And but I clean up the drip, or you know, rinse it out in the sink. It's just your well, body. Also, can't you use the sponge to wipe up that little tiny drip? Like <laughs> and then shove it, it back sponge. in your couch. I feel like people, if you have a vagina, you should be comfortable talking about it but not I have good friends that are it's never talked about it's never mentioned it's a private like gross thing and that's fine everyone's different they talk about sex they talk about sex okay so they can talk about sex right it's because the men are comfortable with sex but women are taught to not talk about their bodies and blah 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 not now because we're breaking that right yeah. yeah. Well, my best, one of my best friends just got pregnant and she was telling me about like checking her mucus like every mm-hmm. couple hours. And like her husband was a part of that yeah. thing. Like it's just probably because he's with her. And if she talks about the time, you can't really, he's like, got to get You're just like, well, I know about periods. Like mm-hmm. other people don't. And it's perfect. I'm not saying you need to be comfortable. That's fine. It's just different. People are different. So I like sponges. They, you cannot feel them. At all. When there's tampon in there, you know. So it doesn't shimmy down like a tampon does? Uh, it does, but you cannot feel it. Hmm. You, you have no idea. You, even when it's, if it was halfway out, you can't feel that. Really? It's really comfortable because it's a squishy and it forms to anything. They are troublesome if you're heavy because it's a sponge. So like you sneeze and you're like, mm, glad I have If your flow on. is heavy. Yeah, if your flow is okay. heavy. Okay. So I have a couple sponge questions. Yes. What type of sponge, like what is the material It is normally? a sea sponge. Okay, that's cool. And if someone did want to try a sea sponge, where can you get one? Is it Amazon. Something? Okay. Amazon, they come in all different sizes. You can cut the sponge. If you want to have a string, which I've tried this before, I don't mind just digging it out. Or like you can bear down and push it out. <laughs> anyway. Wait, um, it's not going to like worm its way up there. Your vagina is not that deep. And right. then you have a cervix, which is like... Right. It's a stopper. It's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So it's not loose. But I guess to your point, some people don't like to stick their fingers up. So you can put two, you can put uh, floss. You can, there's a lot of little holes in it. You can take like a needle and put a little floss and make a floss string. And then, you know, it's, you have to replace that once in a while because it doesn't last as long as a sponge, but you just put a new floss string when it when you need Did to. Did you use mint or a plain? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever I had. Not cinnamon. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. They're really comfortable. They're great when you're kind of on your later days. You're not bleeding as heavy, but um, I still use it on heavy days or sleeping. Hmm. Really comfortable. I wear a panty liner because, again, if you like sneeze or cough, it's you're you're squeezing it and it like does. You know, uh huh, uh huh. My back's like a sponge. It. Crazy comfortable. I mean, you can't feel it, and it's not putting any toxins. It's better for the environment. It's not creating waste because you use it for months and months and months and but months. But you do kill a sea sponge. You do kill a sea sponge. That's 17,000 sea sponges are killed every year. I feel like four people use... For women's use, vaginas. I feel like four people probably <laughs> use sponges for their periods. So it's probably not the best. So, okay. A couple more questions. How often... Like a tampon is like... You kind of replace like every... Depending on your flow. Yeah. Like max is eight hours, right? That's like this doesn't have a max, so you, as long as it works, you can keep it in. There's no risk of toxic shock because no, there's it's nothing not in the it. cotton well, white. No, right. but I thought that was more like just your sloughing and blood, like you still want that out of you within eight hours, right? The toxic shock is because the tampons that Used don't you that don't absorb, like if you get use a tampon and you don't have a flow heavy enough for the whole tampon to absorb to be absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a good place for bacteria to sit and grow, right? Oh, well, that- I heard it was because the tampons that used to be made had a chemical in them that in your body for too long was toxic. Now they don't make that, so there's like barely any T T T. See, I thought T- toxic shock syndrome was a bacteria. 
Uh, like a bacterial infection that happened because you have that a t- next week. Yeah, we should look that up. It's been a while that yeah. people have been talking because it, it's been gone for so long. But right, right. Anyway. But is that because people are not are more aware of it and avoiding leaving a tampon in for eight or more hours, and so people are just like. I think it's that, and that it's made of different things that right. are more resistant to right. Either leaching chemicals into your body that are toxic, yeah. or le- attracting bacteria that make yeah. toxic. But yeah. either way, I don't think this has anything like that. And you can leave it in. You just change it whenever you notice it's leaking. Oh well, of the three women here, one of us has a period on a regular basis. I'm on something that prevents that. Oh. I have a an IUD, and I absolutely love it. It's I'm on my second one. Mm. I would too, I, but I have me three. Kind. So you have the Paragard and we both have Marina, yeah. right? Yeah, girl. Okay. Yeah. I, I, think, I love I it. I think it's like natural love, period. So I'm, I'm just a hippie. Like, I'm like, your body <laughs> needs to get rid of that shit, you know? All, like, all, we're meant to do that. But whatever, we have technology. I hear you. Right? And yeah. I used to have the Paragard and I loved it for the first five years. And then it just started giving me horrible, crazy yeah. cramps and heavy flow. And yeah. I just... I've had it for... 11 years now. I'm it's up this year like in April. You're pushing the boundaries here. I know. In April, well, sorry. <laughs> in April uh, it expi- it's 12 years and that's the max. See, I also so I had the marina, my first marina and I think they were saying like the max is 5 years mm-hmm. in the US, but everywhere else in the world they leave them for like 6 or 7 years. That's what? probably because insurance companies just want to <laughs> make more money. Yeah. They no, yep. <laughs> My doctor's no, like, no, I guess in this case, it wouldn't be insurance companies. It would be medical device manufacturers. But my doctor's like, everywhere else in the world, like, they leave them in longer. For how long? Like, a couple of years more. That's great, because the minimum amount of times that I have to go and have things stuck in my vagina, unless it's something I want in, in your there. uterus, right? Yeah, but even just the approach. Oh, okay. I don't want. Uh, you don't, I don't like want, being stretched open in front of strangers. No, with medical contraptions, especially contraptions. Is that a yes? A, contra- don't want, a device. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and a pinched cervix like that hurts. Oh, it's barbaric. Like, I think it's so nah. horrible. It's been twelve years, and I still remember. And I'm terrible. Wait, did it really hurt to get it taken out? Please. Yes. No, you didn't. Uh, Wait, I want to hear. It both. was so fast. Okay, like it. It hurt. There was a little more blood than I expected, just because mm-hmm. I had not been used to any blood coming out of me. Oh, like uh-huh. I stood up and like there were a couple drips on the floor. Oh, okay. Um, like not not like tons, but it was yeah. just like, oh my god, that's blood. Yeah. Um, also, for any man listening, <laughs> it's common to have like blood and shit all over the table when you're on your period and you get your pap smear. Like this is you're in an okay, OBGYN office. To be clear, blood and other. Vagina related stuff, not blood and shit. Yes. You shouldn't have Sorry. shit. No. <laughs> Thank you for Unless correcting you're me. like having a child come out of your body. You don't regularly if there shit is shit, when shit you get coming out of your vagina, you may have a fistula. Yes, that's for another. <laughs> that's another problem. <laughs> Such a gross word. <laughs> oh man, common after birth. Anyway, you get them from fisting, so don't fist, so ladies you- and gentlemen. So besides, that's a lie. <laughs> Go on. So besides birth control, what do you guys <laughs> use for period catching, blood catching? Um, don't have a period. Oh, right. You don't have, that's what you use. <laughs> Last time I had a period, I used tampons and pads. Uh-huh. And when it comes time for me to have a period again, I think I'm going to explore the sponge because that sounds pretty damn cool. Get it wet first. Yeah. You have to get them wet and then squeeze all the water out. If not, they're like a dried hard sponge. You know when you like need to you do You just your said t- that, sorry. And Takeshi nodded his head like, yeah, <laughs> you got to get it wet. You know about sponges? <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, it's just coincidence. About sponges. <laughs> okay, so you know when you try to do your dishes, but you haven't used your sponge in like two days and it's hard and dry? You mm-hmm. don't want to shove that up there. So get it nice and squishy and then you can twist it all the way up and like twist it sideways until it's like the smallest it can get and then shove it up there and it like figures itself out once it's up there. I've actually thought about using the sponge before when I did have a period because, um, you know, I wanted to go on a long backpacking trip mm. and that's a good way if you get your period when you're on, you know, right. some, that you don't have to carry a bunch of tampons. Yeah. You don't have to worry about how you're going to dispose of them because they're not good for the environment, right? right? They don't just biodegrade, you know, yeah. instantly. Um, so yeah, a sponge is what I was reading that would be a good thing to use for mm-hmm. that. But yeah, when I had my period, I always used tampons. They just yeah. usually don't bother me. I almost always use the light days one, even if I had a heavier flow because mm. I didn't like how the bigger ones would sometimes shimmy their way down yeah. and like irritate your vagina. Yeah. Um, See, and then, I never had a problem with that. 
Like, really? And I had a heavier flow too. Maybe you have like a longer vagina. Maybe because you had a heavier flow. I think sometimes, yeah. They, no, I have a pretty heavy, I'm pretty heavy. Really? And I have that problem. I don't know. Maybe it's just the shape of our vaginas. You're lucky. And which way your uterus is tipped. It's so strange that <laughs> that is even something that's like, yeah, we just all have different vaginas and like yeah. all of that. Well, everyone only knows their own, right? So we think everyone's is like ours. And then we're like, wait, you're different. Wait. Everyone is different. Unless you're a lesbian, then you might get to know someone else's very intimately yeah. or bisexual. Well, yeah, I just mean like growing up, you think. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's mine is normal. I was recently listening to Ali Wong's comedy special mm-hmm. and she was talking about vaginas and how guys see each other's dicks like when they go to the, the bathroom and the urinals and right. locker rooms. Women don't see each other's vaginas. Like, yeah, we might see each other's boobs like mm-hmm. in the locker room, but you don't see vaginas. So it's hidden down there. It's I gotta mean, get underneath. I've seen and like look several up. of my friends' vaginas, <laughs> but I also have a weird friends group, so maybe okay. I, I haven't seen like you know my new friends' vaginas, like my nursing friend, like you know, like my adult friends' vaginas. These and like I'm people, still like, wearing pants, so yes, <laughs> I'll show you my vagina. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but please, could you look at it? I think there's something a little. Going I don't on have down any there. devices. <laughs> Just light some candles so it's like nice and romantic first, like set the mood. I'm like ha. <laughs> And I pulled out your IUD. Ha ha. <laughs> Sorry, this just sounds so... That's a little fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's so painful. Anyway, I think we're at our time, guys. I think so. Let's uh, um, say hasta la pasta. And uh, thanks for coming. And we're going to up have you on again to talk about your surgery because you're going to have it. We're going to have you on immediately after and you're going to sound like, oh, oh my God, I'll be so high. That'll be great. That'll be great. No, I'll just be laying down on the couch with some Norco just be like... I'm kind of asleep. Yeah, that what? Huh? <laughs> we'll dropper alcohol and the, the wine into your mouth. We'll just use a little medicine dropper. Okay, it I'll be like a baby bird. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you guys so much to listen, like for listening to this because it has been such a mind fuck for me trying right. to understand and kind of trace everything that's happened. And hey, I know it didn't really make sense. We get it. The takeaway from this is even people who work in health healthcare don't understand how insurance works. It's confusing and convoluted mm-hmm. and maybe we'd be better. This is my takeaway. Maybe we'd all be better off if it just wasn't there, all right? Or if it was all the same across the board so everybody understood how it worked. Little socialized medicine, maybe. Maybe. Everyone was, at least in the United States, will relate to this. So thanks for sharing your shit story. It's a great shit story, though. <laughs> it's a great tonsil story. Cheers. Cheers.